Welcome to Brewing Theology. I'm your host, Tier Hardy. Each episode of Brewing Theology is an opportunity to consider practical ways to begin brewing or to continue brewing a faithful life using theology and practices for real-life Christians. Welcome back to Brewing Theology. I'm Tier Hardy. Today, I want to talk to you about weaponizing the Word of God. That is to say, the Bible is not a weapon. We live in an age where theological differences are aired out in the public square, even more so than when Luther nailed his book report to some church door. What happens, though, when the words we use do not match or do not align with the one that we claim to be defending? And where did we get the idea that God needs our defense anyways? In a nation where guns are the new golden calf, Some Christians are going so far as to proclaim that the Word of God, that is the written Bible, is the most powerful weapon one can use when not only combating the threat of an active shooter, but also when engaging the world around them. Now, I'm not talking about throwing Bibles as weapons. I'm referring to the weaponization of the Holy Word of God to do battle against your enemy in a spiritual warfare scenario, but rather this is a battle back against the secularization that's happening throughout the United States as an attempt to reclaim the church's position of authority and power in our country, to maintain the status quo for churches who thrive on a combination of three things, nationalism, patriotism, and bad praise music. But the problem is that words matter. And when we talk about the Word of God, we're not just talking about words on a piece of paper. We're talking about much, much more. But to begin, we need to define what it is to mean the Word of God. And so here is how I would define the Word of God. The nature of God is revealed to us through the threefold Word of God, which includes the personal Word of God, the written Word of God, and then the proclaimed Word of God. These three forms for the Word of God, are ways in which we come to know the divine. These are ways in which God is revealed to us through God's own initiative, not ours. And at the center of the Word of God is Christ, the Word made flesh, Emmanuel, God with us. In order to come to know the personal Word of God, one must come to believe in God as well as the credibility of Jesus of Nazareth. The primary way of learning and understanding the personal word of God is through encountering the teachings of Christ, by sharing a meal with Christ, or by responding to any encounter with Christ. Jesus Christ, the personal word of God, is at the center point of Christianity. The written word of God and the proclaimed word of God both point to the word of God incarnate in Jesus Christ. So now that we have the word of God defined, let's move and talk about weapons. But for to define weapons, I'm going to go to the dictionary. Miriam's dictionary, that is. A weapon is something, such as a club, knife, or gun, used to injure, defeat, or destroy. It's also a means of contending against another. And that definition is where the trouble begins. At the center of the Word of God, the Bible, is Jesus Christ, the Word made flesh. And we'll talk about this at the crackers and grape juice pub theology pre-party this year at our annual conference, because words matter. Words matter even more when we dive deeper into what we're talking about when we talk about God. Scripture will become a weapon this summer as the United Methodist Church continues its conversation about human sexuality 
in anticipation of the 2019 called General Conference, or as some are calling it, the International United Methodist Church Sex Conference. The Word of God will be thrown around like hand grenades with intentionality towards those who stand in opposition to anything other than Orthodox Christianity. But that's a blog post for another day. I get it. It is easy for us to fear the unknown. And I get it. I truly do. And I understand that for many people, they have not fully worked through the ramifications of what it means to say that the Bible, which we often see depicted in the shape of a gun, is the most powerful weapon in the world. After all, there are pastors and theologians who are, for better or worse, saying things like, you will have to take my gun from my cold, dead hand. For the word made flesh to be weaponized means that the church, Christ's body on earth, is attempting to weaponize the one who walked into Jerusalem on a cult and led a peaceful resistance to the religious powers of the first century. For the word made flesh to be weaponized, that means we are attempting to realign Christ with those who not only had him crucified, but also those who maintain their power today through threats of violence and marginalization. On the other side of the equation, weapons are designed by definition to do harm to another living thing. They're intended to hurt people. Weapons, by their very definition, are used to destroy that which they are to be used against. When confronted with an adversary, Jesus didn't destroy them. Instead, he showed mercy and grace. Words matter because while on one side of our mouth we proclaim the, that Christ came to overcome the power of sin and death. But then out of the other side of our mouth, when we say that the word of God can and should be used to cause harm to others, and that's what weapons were designed to do by definition, we contradict the very thing we learned about Christ through his ministry, death, and resurrection. Thanks for joining me on this episode of Brewing Theology with Tear Hardy. If you like the podcast, I invite you to head over to iTunes where you can leave me a review or you can subscribe to the podcast. Also head over to my blog, www.tearhardy.com. There you can sign up for my weekly wrap-up where I send you a curated accounting for this week's happening on the internet, blog posts, sermons, and other podcasts that I think could help you in brewing your life of faith. Grace and peace.